You know, there's wisdom in the counsel of advisors um, and prayer. But sometimes God gives you two good choices and he gives you two good choices. He says, you choose. I'm going to bless you either way. Well, hello, everyone. It's John Fanus, and I'm here with the amazing... David Ding. And we're here for another podcast of Fanus Ding Connect. It's been a couple weeks. Uh, we've had some travel and stuff. Uh, David, what have you been up to the last couple of weeks? Oh, I think the last couple of weeks, I feel like I got my own spring break. Yes. Because uh, students were on break. Yes. And then uh, you were not here. So a lot of our like church meeting stuff got canceled. Yeah. So, so church, you need to know this. I just want to tell you the culture of our staff team. When I go away for a week, which I did for spring break, and I'll share about that, my staff team gets really happy, which is concerning to me. And, and it's a running joke. And the joke is when John is gone, we have more time because we don't have as many meetings. Is that, is that correct? Is that how you would yeah, say it? I, I definitely think some people on staff feel that. For me, I, I enjoy our meetings. So I, 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 I like me. I'm kind of, I like meetings, but, but I also enjoy, I think, I think the thing I enjoyed most was that like everything was off. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. There was like, yes, yes. So I think that was the thing I enjoyed. So anyway, church, there's a running joke. When I cancel a meeting or short, shorten a meeting and we use Slack as our communications, the number of people going, yes, thank you, is is probably enough to slightly make me feel insecure, mm. but enough to know, hey, we love each other. And it's so it's a, it's a continuous joke on our yeah. staff team of when John is gone, we're happier. It's, which what's sounds, that idiom with like the mouse come out to play or something? Yeah, like, yeah, when, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when the, for, something is gone, the mouse. Yeah, 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 yeah. totally. So, yeah. So I'm trying to change our staff culture set. The more time my staff spends with me, the happier they are. They're not there yet, but we're trying to get there. Wait, so you're trying to foster codependency? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Everything must depend on me. No, no. I can appreciate it too. It's There's love on our team. It's just a running joke. So. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I was gone. Um, I had the privilege of going with our youth group over spring break to um, a Native American reservation uh, in Yuma, Arizona. We actually never, we were actually on the border and it was just fabulous. So kudos to Pastor Sarah and all the volunteers and parents who uh, invested. And it was my joy because two of my boys are actually in the senior high youth group. And so I got to go with them and just see what God was doing in them. So super transforming experience. It was powerful. Was there like a most memorable moment? You know, there were lots of great moments. I would say two things come to mind. One was just the spirit of those we worked with there. So Christian Native American folk who um, did not deny history, and yet was still especially hospitable and gracious to people who weren't natives. It was a pretty powerful healing uh, moment for me. And I would say the second thing, and this is just kudos to uh, Pastor Sarah and the way that this trip has been structured, is that the leaders of this trip are actually senior high students, hmm. uh, high school students. And the adults who are there are really there for support, you know, maybe to keep things in bounds if they go a little crazy, but... What happens is like people often come to the adults to ask for guidance. Hey, should we do this next? And our job is really to say, hey, ask your student leaders. Mm. And then our job is just to empower. And I just think what that did for our senior high students was really powerful. It empowered them. And it had, they had to make some tough decisions with no easy answers, but to see them process through that and then process with adult leaders on their decisions. Just a very powerful experience. Yeah. 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 That's great. In light of your sermon this week, which we'll get to, I thought a fun icebreaker would be, 
to share the time you felt most physically lost, like in an area. So the most physically, I don't have a lot of stories here, so I had to dive deep. And what I do remember is when I was growing up, we had a family tradition of going on family camping trips. Um, it wasn't just us, but it would be a group of my parents, friends, and their kids, so my peers. And we'd often invite people. And so I remember my dad and I and my good friend Curtis taking a long hike. And um, I had a bottle of water with me. And the reason I remember this is um, I had just come from some type of camp where we, if you found a certain plant that was dry and put water on it, it would actually turn green right in front of you. And I saw some of those plants. And so I started uh, pouring my water out on these plants. I, what I remember is my dad freaking out going, don't waste that water. Like if we get lost or something, you're going to want that. And I remember going, whatever, dad, you know, this is a cool <laughs> experiment. Look, these things are turning green. And, and we did get lost. That's the funny, I'm like, oh um, man. So my dad had a, I told you so moment. Yeah. And we just had no idea where we were. We were climbing weird rocks and mountains. Uh, and anyway, we finally made it. And we were so relieved and so happy to be back at camp. But no one noticed we were gone. So like our joy <laughs> and relief was not reciprocated yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah, we're like, yeah. do you realize we almost died? You know, this was drama. But anyway, that was my most lost thing that I can remember right now. Oh, nice. Yeah. How about you? When were you most physically lost? Yeah. So when I, the first time I was out of the country by myself, I went to Europe and I had one day in Milan, um, Italy by myself. Wow. And so there's a cathedral there called the Duomo. So I decided to go there, um, took the subway and from my hotel and whatnot. Um, and around the Duomo, there's a bunch of like high-end fashion shops because it's Milan. And so- I just know, interrupt really quick. Yeah. My gang lost stories like camping in the woods and yours is in like Milan, Italy. It just want to just well, know that. Okay, go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> well, anyway, so <laughs> when I was in Milan, they have various streets named after famous Italian people. Okay. So like um, the one that I really liked was Da Vinci. So- I decided to just walk down Da Vinci Road, and then at the end of Da Vinci Road, there's um, a little like uh, arch, um, and there's a park in between. So I was like, "Oh, that looks cool." So I was like, "Oh, I'll walk to the arch," but the arch was like on the horizon, so it was, this was like a three, four mile walk. Oh, wow. So it wasn't yeah. like a short distance. Right. Um, but I was like committed to get there, so I got there and. Um, I decided, well, I don't want to walk back down Da Vinci Street because then I'll see the same things. So I'll like cut across and I'll assume that these streets run parallel, parallel to each other, right? And then so I'll just come back. Yeah. Um, well, lo and behold, they do not run parallel. So I found myself lost in this kind of like outskirts of town, kind of <laughs> outside, outside of the touristy area. About how old were you at this time? 20. Okay. So 19, 20. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, and I look like a complete tourist. I have like a messenger bag. I have a DSLR camera. camera. Yeah, and, yep. so, and uh, there's no subway stations. And so I was like, oh shoot, what do I do? So I walk into like a cafe, but this was in the afternoon, so they were like closing down to rest for the afternoon. So this um, like restaurant or cafe owner doesn't speak English, and I don't speak Italian, but. Um, I used my, what little Spanish that I have to kind of use like conjugates with <laughs> him and his Italian. And I'm like trying to figure out like how to get to the subway. And it's a whole mess. And so they do have a trolley system. And they, he's, I figured out that he said that I could take the trolley to a subway station. Impressive. So I'm like, okay. But then now I need a trolley ticket. Right. So then I was like, oh, do you know where you can buy trolley tickets? And then he 
uh, I figured out you can go to like certain stores, but all the stores were taking a break in the afternoon. So I was like, well, I can't wait around till evening. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to get on the trolley. And I bought like a day pass for the subway. So I was like, maybe this day pass will work. And then worst case scenario, it doesn't work. And then they'll find me and I'll just pay like an expensive trolley right. ticket or whatever. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. You're willing to pay the fine. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. So I get on the trolley and there's a little box you have to insert your ticket. Oh, man. So I insert my subway ticket. It does not work. So yeah. the box starts like ringing like an alarm. <laughs> and then everyone's looking at me and I didn't know what to do. So I was like, I'm just going to pretend everything is okay. <laughs> so I just walk to the trolley and grab a seat and everyone's just staring at me. The driver is not responsible for like tickets because ah. they have like auditors. Yeah, that like yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. come so no one like ch- no everyone knew I didn't have a ticket but no one like cared enough to like do anything about it so I'm just sitting there and everyone's just looking at me and then this old lady comes onto the trolley and sits right next to me and as the trolley goes she starts like speaking in Italian to me and I'm like what is going on and then she like rummages through a purse and hands me a key and I'm like this feels like out of the movies i'm like what is going on and then at this point everyone starts laughing and i'm like i have no idea what's going on i feel like i'm in like a reality tv show right and then she rummages in her purse again and she brings out a keychain so i was like oh i think she wants me to put the key on the keychain oh and so (laughs) i put the key on the keychain and then she like thanks me and then i'm like oh okay anyways made it back to the subway station made it back to the hotel room but that was my most memorable kind of wow. getting lost story. I was really hoping it would end with she was saying, I'm your future wife. Here's the key <laughs> this to my heart. like 80. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, like like she jumped in like one of those like time travel oh, things. Oh, like like you what was that? Somewhere in time. There's a movie called Somewhere in Time oh. where a guy meets his future wife, but she has to, he has to go in the past oh. to meet her. Oh, and then he comes back to the present, but now she's old and she's like, here's oh. here's how to get back to me. Here's the key to our house. Here's, yeah, 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 yeah. Come back to me. When you were that's anyway, but okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. fascinating. No, 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 no. But yeah. Wow, your getting lost was way more complicated than mine. I yeah, just got yeah. lost on a hike. Well, I mean, I, yeah. I want to get lost in Milan. We go to Milan. We go to Milan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all well, right. Well, yes. Anyways, yes. Uh, so this past Sunday we continued the Romans. So. Um, if you want to give us a helpful recap. Yeah, yeah. We just started the, the section, the final section of Romans. It's really just the conclusion of the letter. And Paul is just writing kind of some uh, this and that's. This, is that a word? This, this and that's. And uh, he begins to share why he's been delayed coming to Rome. And we find that he has a very profound sense of God's calling on his life, which helps him kind of prioritize and deprioritize other things. It's not, not devalue, but just deprioritize. And the truth is that he has a specific call to reach people who've been unreached, especially Gentiles, non-Jewish people. And this church in Rome has already been reached, and he didn't start it. He didn't want to tread on someone else's work, and so that's why he's delayed it. But now he's ready to come. So we really just talked about how do we discern God's call in our life? And are we doing—is there something we're supposed to be doing right now that we're just not listening to? And I think what I found—this is probably true in many places, but certainly in Davis— is that we're just so busy— that we don't slow down and ask the question, God, is there something I'm supposed to be doing right now? So we talked about uh, different seas that Paul illustrated. There was a sea of calling, uh, a sea of confirming. Uh, God often um, confirms our calling through uh, things that he does that are pretty powerful. Uh, We talked about creating, which is my favorite one, that you know you're in your God's call because you just continue to create in that area. 
And then the last C was not really a C, but it's decluttering this idea of saying, I'm going to say yes to this. That means I need to say no or not yet to some other things that might be good, but aren't my call. There's nothing wrong about visiting Rome. That's a good thing. But he, Paul was just not able to do it in the timing that the Romans wished. Yeah. So as we like think about calling, um, I think it's, you know, the feedback I always get is um, oftentimes calling is hard to discern because there's like so many good things kind of available to us. Yeah. Right. So within that, how do you normally discern like, you know, there's two, you know, it's not usually like a bad decision. It's not, I'm not choosing mm-hmm. to like love someone versus murder them. It's right. not usually the, right. the contrast. So right. how, it's usually like, I want to love them, but there's two ways to, to love, love them. them. So how good. Do I, yeah. yeah. And before I answer, I just realized I didn't mention the passage. It starts Romans 15 verse 14 on. So that was the passage we looked at. What's funny is I think we often look at a choice between two good things and we think one's really good. One must be really good and one must be really evil. And I need to figure it out. If that were that, that those, those decisions are e- easy. You know, like, hey, it's either like you said, kill someone or love them. You know, like right, that. Right, right. That's not the hard thing. The hard thing is when it's two good things. And, um, you know, I'm not God, obviously, but there are some times where God does have a preference. And I just think that's where prayer, hearing from God, checking with Christian community that you trust, looking for open and closed doors. Um, you know, there's wisdom in the council of advisors um, and prayer. But sometimes, God gives you two good choices, and he gives you two good choices. He says, you choose. I'm going to bless you either way. I do remember when I was, before I was in full-time ministry, I was looking for a job, and I was offered two different jobs concurrently. And I remember feeling the stress of, man, one of these is going to lead to God's will, mm. and the other one's just going to destroy me. Like That, that was how <laughs> I kind of went in. And it's just like yeah. panic of one of these is a silver bullet, and the other isn't, and I don't want to mess up. Right. And praying about it, and God gave me this image of him holding one job in one hand, him holding the other job in the other hand, and him basically saying, John, I'm letting you choose, and I promise that either one you choose will lead to me. Like, I will be with you either one. So there are times where you can go either way and God's going to bless, but there are times where, you know, there might be one that's better, and that's where prayer either way is just Mm. super helpful. I think for those of us, those of us, those who are in their 20s, I wish I was in my 20s, (laughs) Um, I, I was talking to some of our young adults on Sunday. It was just so much fun because I think when I was in my twenties, that was the big question. Mm-hmm. What's my gifting? What are my, what's my Enneagram? What's my Myers-Briggs? Who, yeah. What are my spiritual gifts? Yeah. What are my passions? And a lot of it is the sense of God, what are you calling me to? And that's such a fun season. And I remember what was really helpful for me was just to have trusted peers around me feeding back to me mm. what they saw in me. And then me being able to do the other, the same for others. And you know that when you do this, God really blesses it. Have you seen this? I don't yeah. know if you're, because often we're not aware because it's just normal for us, but it takes people from the outside saying, we notice that God is confirming this when you do this. And that's been very helpful for me too. Yeah. This reminds me of um, a framework that, that when I was in seminary, one of my professors shared that really kind of stuck with me. This idea of, you know, in scripture, we have this kind of, um, idea of being obedient to God as his child, as his adopted mm-hmm. child, um, but also being a good kind of servant to Christ or do loss or, or slave. Um, and what my professor was saying is, whatever season we're in, we want the other, right? So in seasons where you're a prince or princess, like, and kind of 
the world's options are open to you. Mm-hmm. We lament and we want God like tell us exactly what you mm-hmm. want me to do. Mm-hmm. And then in seasons of servanthood where mm-hmm. our circumstances kind of confine us to just kind of one decision, mm-hmm. really, we end up lamenting and be like, why aren't we a prince and princess? Like we we want options options, in front of us. Totally. So it's it's one of those things where it's like, I think there's also a a component of like, you have to discern your season as well. Sometimes if, sometimes there is that right decision in that, in that sense. And, and and we got to honor God in that. But yeah, there are these oftentimes these other decisions. And I, I would imagine in a city like Davis, most often than not, um, our choices, we end up, having more opportunities and yeah, options yeah. open to it. And I would say in Davis, I think there's a huge FOMO, fear of missing out. Mm. Because there's, I mean, especially if you have kids mm. and there's just like, I want my kids to reach their potential and have every opportunity ever. And there's this fear that if I don't get involved in all these great things, then I'm either not living up to my potential or I'm going to mm. miss out. And yeah. uh, um, I mean, part Part of this is good. Davis is an ambitious town, mm-hmm. and that's not all bad. Right. I mean, Paul, if you look at Paul's resume, <laughs> super ambitious, and yeah. you know, ambition can lead to great, great things. I'm not against ambition, but we do need to be careful that if we're living lives with no margin mm-hmm. and we don't have the space to just be with God, um, some of the most significant ministry moments happen during interruptions. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we don't have have a life that does that. I think we miss out. Yeah. So I think there is something about saying for this season, I'm saying yes to this. I'm saying no or not yet. Yeah. Some other op- not that they're bad. Yeah. It's just it's a not yet. Yeah. What would be some like practical like steps if someone's like, okay, I feel like my life is too cluttered. Yeah. And I don't have enough margin or space to. Just be. Yeah. So what what kind of things would you recommend that they do or Yeah, yeah. And I'll just I'll, I'll just share a person that's happened for me recently of um uh, just d- different things going on. Uh my schedule, I think this is maybe six months ago, was just super impacted. I'm mm-hmm. like, I am not coming up for air. And I think in that point I just now I'm in a life stage it really depends on what life. So I have a better self-awareness at this Mm -hmm. life stage, but it was like, I was able to ask God, where am I most affected and most needed? And I need to say yes to those things. Where are my biggest wins? And these other things I'm going to need to ask for help and say, I can't do this right now. or I can't do it as often as you'd want me to. And that was very helpful to clear up my calendar. So I think having a sense of, there's a, there's a book called, um, in fact, I'm looking at it. It's called living your strengths based on the strength finders. I think, um, is it that one or actually it's, it's either that book or by the same authors. It might be a different one, but they ask it. I don't know if this is the best way to think of it, but it's been helpful is when you do things, where do you feel most strong? Like you just feel like I'm just great at this. Now the danger of this is I'm just great is really God. You have empowered me. So you have to be careful of arrogance, but I just feel so strong when I'm doing X. And I think the longer I live, the more that answer is crystallized. And I realize that's where I'm most helpful to people. So if I can center on this for this season, either ask for help or delegate or suspend the other things that really helps mm-hmm. me. Um, but yeah, I guess to answer your question, Dave, it's like, where am I most effective? What's the biggest win right now mm-hmm. uh, in this season? And so if I can identify that, what do I do with all the other things I need help with? And often it means asking other people for help or readjusting expectations with people so I can't do as much as I said I would and so on. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like uh, 
it's we had a young adult small group conversation around something similar to this, which is like oftentimes within our strengths, God is calling us to bless others. Yes. And then within our weaknesses, God is inviting us to invite others. Oh, so right? good. And so that's a great yeah, yeah, I love that. I'm just going to repeat that because that was so good, Dave. That in our strengths, God is asking us to serve others because where we serve others in our strengths, it's a multiplicative factor. We just, God blesses it multifold. But in our weaknesses, we've, eat, we've got to ask for help. We've got to say, I can't do this. I need help. There are some things you're able to say no to, but some things you can't say no to. Like, you know, I have to cook every night <laughs> or else my kids starve, but I can't cook every night. So who can I ask for help in this? You know, hey, kids, can you help out? So on, yeah. We're invited. Yeah, inviting people into our weaknesses is such a great thing. And the other irony of this, and you know this, is the weaknesses that we despise doing, like I hate doing this, for someone else, it's their greatest mm-hmm. joy. Yeah. And part of why we feel so guilty delegating is we think we're punishing people. Yeah. But in reality, we are blessing people. Imagine someone asking you, to do what you love mm-hmm. and how much joy that would bring. That is for some people what they're hearing when you ask if they can help out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and I'm I'm so lucky, I think, to have the people in my life. Like I think once, especially once you get to know your community really well mm-hmm. and you start to recognize, oh, this person's strengths are here and this person's weaknesses are there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just becomes that kind of it's almost like an ecosystem. It kind of just right. starts functioning on its right. own in, in a yeah. really cool way. Yeah. Let me just share one more error that we sometimes make is that when we have to say no or not yet to something, sometimes those things that we say no or not yet to still need to happen. Mm-hmm. So be careful of a cold heart. Like mm-hmm. I can't do that. So it's such firm boundaries that you almost don't care. Yeah. There's good. It's good to have boundaries, but to think through, hey, if this no or not yet still needs to happen, What's another way for it to happen? Does it yeah. involve me giving my my first attention to it? So you're still. It's kind of like what Paul is saying. Paul doesn't say, "Rome, you're not important to me." It's so sorry. I'm called to this. You know, forget you. This whole time, you get this sense of how much he loves this church. It's it's a heart. So he's trying to figure out how to make it happen, even though he can't do it right then. Yeah. It sounds. It's like. In your weaknesses, God is inviting you to invite others. Right. It's not just like throwing all these things, like throwing your burdens upon them totally. and just running away. Totally, yeah. yeah. So the, the two errors are having no boundaries, and you're just like so spread thin. The other error is having such firm boundaries, it comes across as you don't care. Right. And there's, there's, a, there's a healthy balance in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think even within that, it's that recognition of like, what are our own tendencies, right? Like yeah. some yeah. people, like my tendency is to overextend. Right. 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 Um, and yeah. so, uh, so it's kind of, there's, there's, there's that ironic, like even within this, there's a strength and weakness that we right. have to yeah. Kind of think yeah, through, yeah. 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 Um, and you know, here's another personal story is um, in this season, I'm overseeing the life groups in our church. We're uh, about to start a search for a pastor of adults where that would move. And our life group leaders have asked, and it's a valid ask. It's a really good ask. Pastor John, can you make sure you rotate and visit our groups? Because mm-hmm. we always love to have a pastor, whoever's overseeing life groups. I'm like, that is a great and valid request. In this season, I can't, I can't do that. And, right. and they understand why. I'm, you know, I have multiple hats right now, but it's not to diminish that role. So we're trying to find other ways. Is there a way, other ways that you feel you and your groups feel cared for mm-hmm. in this season, knowing that we're going to get to a season where that kind of personal touch will happen a little more? Right. Yeah. 
Um, I did also want to uh, remind everyone that if you guys have questions, yes, um, please email us. Yes, uh, we want to hear from you. So yeah. uh, I've had a lot of uh, random positive encounters with people who are listening to our podcast. Uh, we have a few uh, groupies we found out. Yeah, yeah. Who, if we skip a week like we did last week, <laughs> it's almost like um, a drug that they take has been robbed from them, and they begin to have withdrawal effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is kind of affirming and scary yeah. at the same time. But we feel affirmed. Like yeah, this is great. I guess that's a negative example, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I hope we're not a drug, but. You groupies are representing what my staff team should be when I'm gone. <laughs> they should be lamenting, oh, our pastor is gone. But yeah, no, right yeah, now yeah. they're really happy. So we're, we're going to get there. I feel like there's a theme of codependence. <laughs> <laughs> we, need, we need Daniel Tavera. To <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Yeah. Hey, uh, next week, we are really excited if things work out as planned. We have Rick Lindholtz on the podcast mm. next week. Um, those of you who don't know who Rick is, his parents, um, were, so the, our church was started by a small group of people, and his parents were kind of the leaders among that small group. Mm. So really, we consider his parents, who have now passed on as the founders of our church. And so Rick was a little child as this church was started, and he has some amazing memories of that. And uh, he's just a great guy. And Rick is a pastor in our denomination. So we're going to have him uh, join us just to kind of talk about the founding of our church and his memories from that season and what that means for us today. And if I recall correctly, his picture's on our website, right? Yeah, his parents' pictures. Yeah, yeah. yeah, If you go on to our our story on our website, the top pictures of his parents. And so, yeah, yeah, it's great. Well, good, David. Uh, Any last words as we close this topic on kind of discerning your calling or what are you supposed to do Um, now? No, I I would just say that for those who maybe feel like they made a wrong decision, I think the temptation is to like uh, kind of swim in this kind of pool of regret. Yes, so good. um, Yeah, like God is about redemption. Yes. So it's not like the end of the story for you. Absolutely. It's not like you missed the train or anything like that. Yeah, you know the image I often think of with that. So sometimes we think we made a wrong decision, and the truth is we didn't, just God is going to bless. But there are some times where we look back and say, man, had I known what I know now, I wish I had done this. And those are, you know, we've made poor decisions. But I often think of God as a GPS in that respect. Like Mm. if you are on a GPS, you're going on a road and you make a wrong turn, the GPS mm. begins to reroute you. Yeah, It's longer, and maybe it takes a little more time. It's not as convenient, but with God's grace, he, he makes use of that and brings you back. And yeah, that, that, you, that's the great thing about it. You still get to where you need to go. Right, yeah. yeah. God is gracious. It yeah. may be a little painful, but God is gracious, yeah. yeah. And you see things you wouldn't have seen. That's right. You have a story to tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You might get lost yeah. in Milan you along the way and have stories to old tell. Old ladies hand you keys on a trolley, you know? <laughs> it so. might be your future wife from the past. Yeah. yeah, right. All right, you guys. Hey, God bless you. We love you guys so much. We're looking forward to finishing up Romans in the next few weeks. And happy Easter coming up too. 